You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the Remote Local Podcast. I'm David Lahav with my co-host, Neil Parekh. David, what is going on, man? We haven't recorded in a while. I'm kind of stoked to get back on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, David, uh, the topic we had outlined for today, which I'm kind of excited on, uh, is on the topic of spirituality and entrepreneurship. And the reason we're talking about this is because David just got back from, was it like a four-day meditation retreat david what was it uh yeah it was even five days in sedona in sedona very nice by the way did your business burn to the ground while you were gone no no everybody did fine all right there we go i was completely offline no phones no internet david how did you set like going when you leave like that do you just leave or do you tell the everyone hey i'm not going to be answered you're going to take over these x y and z tasks how do you set it up when you're away from your business uh, yeah, I tell everybody that I normally have an interaction with that that's what's happening. And then I put autoresponders that say, like for email, I'm away. I don't have internet. If it's urgent, contact this person. Okay, cool. Come find me in Sedona. Got you. Exactly. Cool. Uh, cool. Well, hey, man, I want to dive into this a lot because um, to all the listeners out here, David is, I guess how I would describe it, a spiritual person. Right, and we're going to dive into how and why and things like that. But I think something that was always fascinating to me about David is that he's an extremely motivated entrepreneur. He's also very kind of calm, zen-like, um, spiritual, in other words. So I thought it was an interesting dichotomy. And the reason is because sometimes you'll see people in media or people who are portrayed as entrepreneurs, and they're kind of like, like Jordan Belford, like go go go, like Wolf of Wall Street, or just like super motivated, super loud, and it, they don't seem zen. Exactly. So I thought it was a very interesting dichotomy when I met David is, you know, here's someone who's actually both. And I kind of want to dive in and dissect David on this topic. Exactly. It's my favorite thing to talk about. So I'm so happy to dive into it. You mean you like talking about yourself, David? Is that what you mean? Yes. (laughs) Perfect. So uh, let's start with a leading question. Can you be calm and also be an entrepreneur? David? The answer is yes. Ah, hey, easy one. Let's cut. <laughs> let's get the pod. We're done. <laughs> no, but I mean, we can we can dive into it. Um, a lot of this, the thinking that you have to be loud, that you have to be hustling, that you have to be constantly on twenty four seven, is a little bit like comes from the hustle culture, right? That teaches you this is the only way to do this. This is the only ba- way to be successful. Um, And the the reality is that it's only one way of doing things, one way of being successful. You have a lot of business leaders, a lot of entrepreneurs who tend to be on the more introverted side, who tend to be on the more calm and peaceful side. And it doesn't mean that the results are going to suffer. Agreed. And I think it's perpetuated a lot by social media right now. Um, You know, it's called hustle culture. I heard like Gary Vee call it hustle porn, right? Where like... the people online pitch you like you have to hustle, you have to hustle. All you need to do in entrepreneurship is like hustle and put these things forward. And I actually think this, first of all, goes against the ethos of the remote local podcast, which is you build a business to support your lifestyle. 
but look, this is what is perpetuated as what entrepreneurs need to do. And in my opinion, the reason is those people are making money off people who buy into the hustle mentality, right? A lot of these people are coaches, online gurus, and they want to say, you just have to hustle to achieve your dreams. Oh, you didn't achieve it? Not my fault. You didn't hustle hard enough, right? So I think this mentality of constantly hustling, constantly kind of being the opposite of calm, I guess, is, is really perpetuated as going hand in hand with entrepreneurship, where I actually don't think it needs to be. And like you said, David, I think a lot of people who are just maybe not on social media, but successful entrepreneurs, or just not showing that, you know, the normal population doesn't see them. But there's a lot of entrepreneurs, very, very successful entrepreneurs, who are both extremely calm, spiritual, but also extremely successful. So they're not mutually exclusive, is how I see it. And exactly as you're saying, Neil, I think it's because the ones who were successful due to being hustling and super active and grinding really hard, they're also the loud, louder people who tend to go on social media yep. and sharing that and making all the videos and being motivational speakers. Whereas the ones who kind of, you know, are more quiet, peaceful, enjoy their lives, have a successful business, they're like, enjoy their Zen and they're not, you know, running out there with a microphone broadcasting to everybody. David, don't you have a microphone in front of you as we record this podcast? I I do. David's yes. <laughs> <laughs> the exception. He's the exception, though. Uh, so, David, uh, um, like I said, for everyone listening, uh, David truly is like a, a extremely, um, in my opinion, David, I'll let you describe it. Like spiritual person, very calm, meditates a lot. Just went on a five day of meditation retreat. And David, I kind of want to get your backstory be- before this. Um, how did you get into meditation into a lot of a lot of this inner work because uh, you were in the military before right you're in the israeli mm-hmm. military when did this journey begin for you yeah so i would say the real beginning was very early on when i was probably eight or ten years old and i had a babysitter who just got back from india mm-hmm. and he did some yoga and meditation with me and i just loved it really but then i completely oh. for- forgot about it until i was 24 or 25 and mm-hmm. on the way back from a summer internship in Austin, I stopped by in the Zen Center in the southern parts of Colorado mm-hmm. and just really loved it. And since then, you know, kept practicing it. And then later on in 2015, started practicing every day, non-negotiably. And then the last couple of years, uh, learned something called Vedic meditation, which is very similar to transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. And then it's been twice a day, non-negotiably. 20 minutes every time. And then, you know, as I've been deepening and deepening, it became, now it's like pretty much two hours a day. So David, I feel like a lot of people, uh, and I'm generalizing here, but I feel like a lot of people get into meditation to solve something. Maybe they're feeling extremely anxious or maybe they heard meditation's good. They want to become a more calm person. There's a reason to start meditation. Did you have a reason you started again back in 2015? Yeah, I think the biggest reason was to reduce stress. And you were an entrepreneur at the time? What were you doing? Yeah, I was already an entrepreneur at the time. Um, I had a bunch of stress left over from the military. When I was in school and working as a locksmith, there was a lot of stress kind of answering phone calls Mm 24-7 and and being being on call that way. So yeah, that, that was one thing. And you're absolutely right. So the thing about meditation, and I think it's it's the beauty of it, is that by taking time off your busy schedule to calm your mind and relax and, and become more peaceful, 
it has a really great effect on whatever it is you're trying to do in life. So if you don't have, there's a saying, if you don't have you know, 10 minutes to meditate, it means you, mean you need two hours to meditate. Hmm. And uh, <laughs> the logic there is that if you're so busy that you can't spare 10 or 15 minutes a day, it means you're running like a headless chicken half of the day and not being efficient and effective and taking this time to relax and calm your nervous system down, that's going to make all of the time in your day way more productive and you're going to experience an increase. Like let's say you're an entrepreneur, it's going to help you grow your business better and faster. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. And like, honestly, I'm the, I am, I fall into that category where I know it's going to be good. And I know in the morning when I wake up, I should just do small light breathing, but I'm always like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm waking up. I have a bunch of stuff to do. And I, I kind of don't get at it. Right. I think that's what a lot of people fall into. Mm-hmm. So David, going back to why you started, you started initially because you had an interest in it. And then you started to realize you're getting kind of stressed and wanted to get more into meditation. And that kind of led you down this journey. Yes. Um, so can you go, can you go again with your routines with meditation? You mentioned twice a day, non-negotiable, but can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah. So the, the type of meditation that I do, it's called Vedic meditation mm-hmm. and it's mantra based. So you have this mantra that you receive from your teacher and you pretty much repeat this mantra on your meditation while, you know, sitting really comfortably. And that mantra ends up helping you transcend and really relax and kind of experience all these other states of consciousness and you know things that, that you hear about from from meditators so david why do you like it right i mean there's mm-hmm. like um it sounds like a ridiculous question but with meditation yes it could calm your mind um yes it could help improve other aspects of your life but i almost feel like if the reason you're doing meditation is just to hypercharge and benefit someone else that goes against the whole concept of meditation is that the right way to think about this or no what do you mean benefit someone else if you're only doing meditation because you want to benefit and say, hey, I'm going to be a better entrepreneur, I'm going to have uh, a better, I'll be better at my work if I meditate. Um, you know, if you're doing meditation for the purpose of just, I don't know, it's almost like a selfish reason <laughs> of doing it. Is that is that go against the whole concept of meditation? No, no, not at all. I think it's a really valid and perfect reason to start meditating. And, hmm. and that's what you want. You want to have meditation and you want to have a spiritual practice that you can feel and see the results from, you know, by yourself, that you can experience them. It's not something that you have to believe in. It's not, you know, some dogma that says, you know, oh, you you, you have to trust us. So you get some benefits in the next the afterlife. Life. Yep. So it's much better if it's something you can practice, feel the the benefits and, and enjoy the results and, and see that feedback loop happening live. David, when you first started the benefits of meditation, what were, what were the benefits you saw to your immediate life? Yeah. So the benefits were being like pretty immediately more effective in work, being more calm, being able to think better, um, getting better sleep. Um, yeah. It's like, so the funny thing is that initially it can take effort to meditate every day. Mm-hmm. But after you do that for a while, 30, 60, 90 days, and then you one day you miss a meditation, all of a sudden you start seeing like how that day was so much more stressful, so much harder. And then it becomes like now it's much harder for me to miss a meditation than to do a meditation. Ah, just habit building, really. 
is is what it is. Yeah, but because it affects everything in life, it like smooths over a lot of the emotional edges and and the things that create the most suffering for us on a day to day basis. David, were you? Um... Look, I, I consider you a very calm person, right? The problem comes up, you just take a step back and are able to observe it, I feel like, objectively. Um, were you able to do that prior to meditation or are you now like this calm person? I, like, is this your personality or is this due to meditation? Yeah, so I think it's been in my personality before, but it's much more expressed because of meditation. So one of the reasons why I'm able to manage a few different businesses together and you know got the confidence to make big leaps like buying other businesses with larger and larger amounts every time meditation really helped with that because it helps you kind of see things clearly and then live bigger as a result hmm. let's dive into that because kind of what we're transitioning to is how does meditation um help you become a better entrepreneur and i guess mm -hmm. your claim is it absolutely does and i think everyone heard like yes it, it meditation helps like calm your mind therefore you're able to do more in your day therefore you're a better entrepreneur but i feel like the the examples you described are even more tangible than that so yeah. david can, if, if i was gonna ask you the question has meditation and spirituality helped you become a better entrepreneur how would you answer yeah so let's look at the number one issue that most of us are are experiencing due to the western world and, and our upbringing and that mm -hmm. issue is that our mind and logical mind becomes way 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 overactive mm -hmm. so everything we're thinking about analyzing the mind goes non-stop with ideas and fears and worries and what meditation does it, it really helps quiet down that part and use our analytical mind in a way that it's meant to when we actually need to think about something, calculate something, research, all of those things are amazing. Mm -hmm. But for a lot of our decision-making, we can use our intuition. We can use our body. We can connect with other people better. So all of these things work better when your mind is not overactive. So I would say that's like the principle behind why meditation uh, is so helpful for entrepreneurs in general. And you see this with a lot of entrepreneurs who used to be very stressed and active, and then they you know, did an exit, and then they became you know, Zen and, and meditation hmm. for, for these reasons exactly. So number one, it sounds like decision-making is the biggest one. It lets you step back from being in it, right? And step back and make actually clear decisions. That's a, it's a very tangible benefit to being a better entrepreneur. Yes, and let's look at it scientifically. So what happens during a normal day for most entrepreneurs is that they wake up in the morning. Normally, they have some worries and stresses of you know things that happened yesterday, things that are going to happen today. And what that does, it puts your nervous system, our nervous system, in a fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And then we drink coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. So that makes it even more <laughs> um, exacerbated. And then, you know, emails start pouring in and phone calls and clients and partners and employees and all of these things, they just get us so, so hyped up hormonally in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And what the meditation does is kind of a reset button, flushes out all the chemicals and brings back the chemistry in the body of stay and play. And when you're in that stay and play chemistry, then you're able to make way better business decisions, be more inspired, work better with people. 
and not run around like a headless chicken. I love it. I love it. And that's, um, I've seen the same similar benefits with even simple things like going for a run, right? You get, you yeah. can run, you get into a state where you're not even thinking about work where you just, you know, focused on the run and focus on one thing. Uh, it does help honestly, like come up with a lot of ideas. And that's why I think a lot of people get ideas in the shower. It's a meditative yeah. state, right? In whatever way exactly. you can achieve it, fine. And it helps you become a better entrepreneur. Uh, what else, exactly. David? How is, how is meditation and spirituality helped you become a better entrepreneur? Um, so I would say one more thing is around um, other people. So w- what I've been hearing with people I work with is that I have a very calming effect on them now. So even you don't if they think that existed up, before, it did to an extent. Mm-hmm. But since I started meditating more regularly, I've been hearing it more and more. People hmm. commenting on that, commenting on, yeah, just like feeling good around you because you know you're less stressed, you're less reactive. If there is something stressful happening, you're able to kind of step back and put it in proportion. Um, so yeah, your ability to work and connect with other people and inspire other people also increases as a result. It's the people management aspect of it. And these are almost like unintentional benefits of meditating once you got into it, which helped you become a better entrepreneur. Interesting. Yes. Debbie, can you describe, so I'm using meditation, spirituality interchangeably. That's not true. Um, So can you describe maybe what is the difference between meditation, which is kind of an act and just someone being spiritual? And let's talk about that in relation to entrepreneurship. Yeah, I, I love this question. So it started with just meditating, right? Like meditation is giving you these tangible benefits. You start doing it's it. tool to use, yep. And, and you see the results. Amazing. One of the byproducts of meditation is that you start experiencing things that as, let's say, if you didn't believe in spirituality or you're an atheist or something like that, all of a sudden you get these experiences that you can't really explain. Hmm. And that gets you curious on the spiritual path. So I, my intention was not to be spiritual. My intention was just to meditate. But then through the firsthand experience of meditation, I started getting really curious about some states of consciousness that I was in and, and experiences. And then you figure out that there is actually a ton of knowledge about humans and consciousness and how the world works that's been mm-hmm. developed for thousands and thousands of years um, that isn't you know, taught in school or in college. And that's where the curiosity about spirituality and starting to view the world with more of that lens started developing very organically. Do you think your dive into spirituality had any effect on entrepreneurship or do you think that was mostly meditation had the biggest gains from you being an, for, for you being an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I think it's, it's a mix. It really depends on what kind of person you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is an interesting time to introduce a spiritual concept, which is Dharma. Now, don't worry, we're not going to dive too deep into, (laughs) you know, some spiritual stuff. You're freaking all the religious nuts out right now. Exactly. Exactly. So the idea of, of Dharma is just what is, what are you here on earth to do? What are you here to to give to the world, to impact. And the answer to what your dharma is, is normally what comes most effortlessly to you? What do hmm. you do for fun? And for some people, this can be a hobby like photography or sports or singing or playing music um, or, you know, like 
wanting to help and listen to other people. Mm-hmm. So that can be completely separate to what you do as a profession. And then that profession becomes your funding mechanism for your dharma, right? So, for what you yeah. really enjoy and want to focus on. And it really ties into the remote local concept, which says the idea here is to get financial freedom, location freedom, so you can enjoy all these benefits of what you are really passionate and excited about, even if it's not you know, running a local business. I love that. Yeah. And it, it's something that, hey, look, you and I are at least I can speak for myself, I would do, be doing without even thinking about the word Dharma, right? Which is um, you have a business which supports your lifestyle, whatever your lifestyle is. For me, it'd be like, hey, that's great. I can do whatever I want. And for you, you're saying you're able to find kind of the purpose of life while you're here through these spiritual measures and are able to now use your business to fund that, right? It's, it's almost like you have a better compass towards what you actually want to do. Exactly. And then it can take different turns. So in my case, I'm seeing that the businesses that I'm currently involved in are not my dharma, right? Mm. So I am bringing as much of myself into there and, you know, into the culture and employees and everything like our customers, everything in the business is already kind of infused with that. But for the most part, the business funds what I'm more excited about, which is actually meditation, spirituality, coaching, and working with people in in you know helping them expand their own consciousness and and journey. So David, if someone says, "Look, if you already know where your dharma is, why are you doing this business? Why don't you just do a business around what that is?" Right? And I guess it goes back to mm-hmm. the question of should you have a passion business or a business which provides funds? I guess that it kind of ties in with that. But let's say in your situation, if you already know that the businesses you have do not tie into your dharma, why are you doing them? Yeah, so I'm doing them because at some level I'm good at that. And not always what you're good at is going to pay you, um, you know, going to be the, the best choice financially. Mm-hmm. Right? Like if I like making scarves, um, that's probably not going to allow me to live a, a great lifestyle and get the impact that I want in the world otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense for me to have a funding mechanism that I'm really good at if it's a job or a business and then have the energy time resources go into what i'm really passionate about so that's that's number one and then number two is that it's also a process so um we're probably going to tie into this a little bit in terms of the insights that came from the last five day meditation Mm -hmm. retreat i was at but you know five years from now or ten years from now um i think it's likely that i'm going to exit the businesses that i'm at right now Mm-hmm. And spend like full time on the the more Dharma consciousness related things that I'm like really passionate about and would do for free. Yeah, I love that answer. And look, that's also the benefit. Uh, and uh, of course, we are tooting exactly what we're preaching over here. But that's the benefit of a remote local business is that the goal of it is to provide you the freedom in whatever method you want. Part of that is having a lot of systems in the place to make sure the business can run and you didn't just build yourself a job. And the mm-hmm. other part is making sure it's location independent so you can fulfill your dharma in whatever capacity that means, right? That's the whole purpose of having a business in general, according to what we're saying over here. Um, Absolutely. And and the one thing I want to add to that is that that's the case for me. But for other mm-hmm. people, what they're good at financially can also align with the mission that they have in this life and the impact they want to make. And in that case, once they discover that and kind of marry those together, 
potentially as entrepreneurs are going to be unstoppable. They're going to yeah. be, you know, because yeah. that's where they can really, really, really work hard and really enjoy themselves and feel the growth and the impact. And you have this amazing impact loop together. And that's also really important if you want to be at that level of business and then also be very happy and calm and, and enjoy life. Love it. So David, actually, uh, you went on um, a five-day meditation retreat recently. I'm curious now that we all know meditation, spirituality, the mix of it, different experiences you can have. I'm curious, did you have any like revelations or things that happened out of this five-day meditative retreat? Yeah. So the biggest, the biggest insight has been around what we've been talking about today, which is recognizing more and more how the place where I really want to go to is to grow and deepen around the meditation and spirituality. And the best way to do that is by becoming a meditation teacher. <laughs> wow, no way. So yeah, that's, that's at least my plan. Um, and the other thing that changes, I thought that was only going to be available for me a few years from now mm -hmm. because of some prerequisites that you need to have. But I found on the retreat that there is actually some ways of streamlining it and I could be ready as soon as the next training, which is in January of next year. And it's three month training with no internet and cell phone access and visitors. Um, so that can be a really, really exciting adventure, um, especially with, you know, still being involved in, in the three businesses. Yeah. So David, with that, do you, what do you plan to do with your businesses? You've built pretty sizable businesses. Now you've had this incredible revelation of what you actually want to do. Uh, how do you marry the two? Yeah. So for the short to medium term, um, because I still need, you know, to pay rent and all that stuff and pay for teacher training, um, they're most likely going to be funding mechanisms for that. Mm -hmm. So the goal is going to be for those businesses to continue fund my life and lifestyle and enable me to slowly build the slowly and naturally build the teaching side. So that one, you know, isn't affected by I need to make money. Yep. I need to pay rent. And now, you know, I'm going to go out and like sell meditation courses. Like that's not the energy to, to bring into that sort of practice. Yeah. I love that. Um, and David, it's kind of cool. Cause actually when I met you in November, uh, when we were launching made this Denver, uh, you mentioned that too. You're saying, you know, I think I actually want to do meditative teaching. It actually is like almost a career in some ways. Uh, and it's kind of cool to hear that that's another revelation you had now. And I actually figured out a way to execute that. So that's awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that's what everyone can find is that your Dharma, it's something that's has been there and you thought about for many years, but each time, you know, it wasn't time yet or you dismissed it, but you keep going back to those thoughts and dreams and what, you know, comes really easy and naturally and is fun for you to do. Yeah. Love it. So that's one, that's one revelation. Um, the second revelation, hmm. I, I had it in my mind when we started and you asked me, but then for some reason it went away. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see if it comes we'll back see. or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It came back. Amazing. So the other thing was realizing and most likely a lot of our listeners have the same thing, which is some sort of obsession with freedom, 
right? Location mm-hmm. freedom, financial freedom. So when I reflect on my life, I can see that freedom has been such a big driver. Mm-hmm. And it's almost been too much of a driver. So during the retreat, I realized where, for example, um, I had an internship when I was uh, in college and I went to intern with this entrepreneur that I met who was very successful and young. Mm-hmm. And my freedom and lack of devotion really capped capped my development. In what way? So I would give like, I don't know, 50 hours a week, right? But mm-hmm. he expected me to give 80 hours a week and mm-hmm. like give it all in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And for me, freedom was more important, partying, you know, hanging out with friends. Um, and in retrospect, that really limited me because I had so much to learn from him. Mm-hmm. And I also had so much to learn about myself by going that extra mile. And then I can see it, you know, I never worked in a job. I never had bosses that would be able to mentor me. Mm-hmm. Because freedom was so important for me, I, I never gave myself the opportunity to be devoted to someone that I, I want to learn f- from and that I really appreciate which means I haven't explored my full potential in many areas. Wow. That's a, yeah. I mean, look, that's something that's followed you your whole life. And the fact that you're able to realize that now, at least, uh, I think that's huge. I wonder what that means, David, for your freedom loving travels. Do you think that'll affect anything you're doing as it relates to travel? Yeah. Yeah. So, so it pretty much saying, you know, I have explored this freedom thing, right? So now I have a new lesson to learn. And I'm already in many ways embodying it. So with the locksmith company, I think I shared, we now have a physical location and mm-hmm. I go to the office almost every day. And I'm, I'm really exploring that piece and the benefits of that in order to develop to the next level. And it's also true with relationships. I don't know if we talked about, um, and we'll talk about probably in another episode if we haven't, but devotion also in relationships and the the beautiful gifts that can come from that and then also business wise right like finding mentors that can really have your best interest in mind mm-hmm. and sometimes that means tough love sometimes that means you know getting feedback that initially you're not very happy about but it helps you develop and um, and become better when you're able to submit yourself with devotion to to that practice. Absolutely. Love it. Man, sounds like a lot of a lot of awesome revelations. And look, from the way this podcast has gone, I feel like this topic, we're just scratching it. I think there's a lot more to talk about over here. But this is, I think, a fantastic dive first into how meditation and spirituality can actually help you out with the entrepreneurial journey. And honestly, David, even from hearing your experience here, hearing the background of why you got into it, it's inspired me to actually pick this up again. So tomorrow morning, you will catch me at least attempting to meditate and start this off again. Beautiful. Love it. Cool. All right. Thank you very much, Neil. You got it. And to everyone listening, catch you on the next episode of the Remote Local Podcast. See you guys. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with May This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.